We are in the Black Hollywood Live studios today with none other than the phenomenally talented producer, my guy Mars of 1500 or Nothing, for today's conversation series, Leaders of a New School. Tune in. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. <laughs> Our little bop. We need you to make us a little on, intro vibe. You. you feel me? <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm your girl, Carmen, and I am extremely happy and feeling extremely privileged to have the one and only multi-talented, multi-faceted, multi-platinum, yes, Grammy-nominated producer, come on, come on. my guy, Mars, in the building. Yeah, Welcome yeah. to Black Hollywood Live. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here, taking the time to come and talk to us. Um, I decided to start this conversation series because I'm noticing that there's a shift and a change happening. And I was born at a time where I got to see a little bit of what it was. And now I'm getting to transition into what's new. And with that transition, um, I noticed that the OGs are taking their ranks at a certain place. And now they are new leaders that are emerging. Mm -hmm. They are new people, um, people that are taking the lead. And I consider you one of them. Oh, thank so, you. yeah, Appreciate I wanted to um, invite you in to tell your story and talk about, you know, the path that you took to success. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that you're doing are absolutely impactful. You know, I pay attention to your Instagram and I pay attention to the moves that you're making and I'm inspired. Thank you, you know, I, I watch the, the daily quotes. I'm inspired. Yeah. I watch your dedication <laughs> to your hustle. I'm inspired. So yeah. I wanted you to come and just share that with the people who are looking up to you now. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, first, I appreciate that. Um, second, uh, I guess like my path, my path, I guess you could say to success, um, is like, you know, you reverse engineering, like, so like, you know, once you do something for a a certain period of time, you can just kind of look back and Mm. see what steps led you to what, you know what I mean? Like, okay, these first 10 years of my life, I was just in the studio making music, you know, I felt like, oh, that was just... Mm-hmm. You know, can you cuss on here? Yeah. And I, I mm-hmm. felt like that was just like a bullshit period, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But then as you grow, it's like, okay, no, those those times were defining me actually, you know, honing in and developing my craft. Absolutely. You know, and then once I was able to make beats, then I had to understand what a producer was. Exactly. And get in the room with producers and people that didn't make beats so I could understand the element of that. And then, you know, you grow from there, then you get in, you know, the room with the greatest musicians or people you look up to. And I just happen to be, you know, around Battle Cat and mm. Terrace Martin and people that I, you Ooh. know, looked up to their their records. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously just sitting in a room and learning and soaking up information and knowing how to just shut up and just yes. be a sponge is, like, very important. So I, I, I always say, like, the educational part of it and knowing, mm-hmm. like, what your intent, what your purpose is, is like, you know, what's going to define you. And then from there, it, it, you'll know like what you're supposed to do. Yes. Um, that yeah. 2020 vision, they say is, is vision is 2020 in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Meaning like you, you go through things, you have no idea. Why am I, you know, going through this up? Why am I going through this down? Right. What What is this for? And then when you finally get to where you're going, it's like, ah, oh, I see what mm-hmm. I learned there. I know I had to face that struggle. I know I had to be isolated at this time or right. make certain sacrifices at certain times. So I, I want to get into it. Uh, when you and I first met, I believe you were 
you had just got the take me take you down uh break uh, Chris Brown. Okay. I think it was around yeah. like 2008 or mm-hmm. something. And since then, and even before then, if I could just run these names down, you've worked with Chris Brown, of course, Snoop mm-hmm. Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Marsha Ambrosius, Jay-Z, T.I., Bobby Valentino, Mac-10, Tiger the Game, Kanye West, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Man. Ain't God good. <laughs> but I don't want to skip a beat. Most notoriously, man, my favorite, I, if I can have a favorite, mm-hmm. Nipsey. Oh, for sure. Nipsey, my favorite, man. That yeah. Victory Lap album was like a hustler's Bible to me. It's like when you heard those verses, you knew that it was being spit by somebody who lived what they were mm-hmm. talking. For sure. Because if you, any true hustler, when they heard those words, it hit you in your heart because he was talking church. Like it, it was is, game. Yeah. It resonates more when it's authentic, for sure. Yes. And for when sure. it's honest, more than any. Body rapping about what they have. He was talking about what he did, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it hit. As well home. as where he's going, like it's where as well as like a blueprint. Not to yes. cut you off, but to interject, like yeah, yes. like, it was a lot of stuff that he did, but like the I guess you could say the music was very, very, very subtle compared to like what he was doing as a person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was dope that he, you know impacted so many people through his music but that was just a segue yes. you know for people to actually tap into what he was doing and see how he was thinking and you know thinking like oh okay if it's somebody that's you know from this certain section of a hood a certain mm-hmm. you know area because it's hoods everywhere mm-hmm. all over the world so you know it's people that can relate like to that mentality like okay Absolutely. i don't have to be so-called a product of my environment i can really rise above you know my situation and you know still bring the people that I grew up with, yes. the people that's willing to have that mentality and willing to change their thinking, bring those people, you know, up and make sure that everybody, you know, yes. helps each, each other, iron sharpen iron. So Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to get into it, but I don't want to skip any parts of your journey. Mm-hmm. So let's start at the beginning with you. Okay. Um, tell us, tell everybody who may not know where you're from, born and raised. I was born in Los Angeles and raised in Lancaster. So, ninety uh, second and Van Ness was the house that I remember, like being a little boy, you know, running around, and mm-hmm. uh, all my family pretty much lived in there. My auntie, my my dad. Mm-hmm. So, um, my grandfather had a church, okay. so I was always around music, organs, and you know, instruments. Yes. That, I was always around that. My, and my dad would always throw concerts in the church. So he would bring, like, world-renowned gospel people like John P. Key and Ooh. Thomas Whitfield and, you know, people that he had relationships with because my dad was a, you know, musician and artist as well. Mm-hmm. So so that's where your musical influence came from, pretty sure. much the family and the church. For sure. My dad and my mom. My mom sings as well. Nice. Um, but my dad, like, wrote and had, like, an, an album and the whole really? thing. So. Yeah, so, um, and it was Lamar Records uh, when he first, That's you know, did his album. But moving on, yeah, so I was always, like, growing up, you know, listening to music as well as church. That was always my foundation. So my dad started a church in Lancaster when I was, like, nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to be the musician, you know, because we didn't church, have no So you musicians. playing in church? Yeah, so my dad, like, started a church and, you know, it was like, okay, well, we don't have no musicians, so mm-hmm. the family is going to be do the music. Yes. So my dad was singing, my mom was singing, you know. What was your first instrument? Drums. 
the drums. Yeah. And you just would you just walk up to it and picked it up one day, nah, or he taught I, you like he schooled you? I would just I would always be around the drums like in my grandfather's church. Like, okay. From a baby, so okay. like when I was around maybe one or two, my parents bought me like a play drum set, mm-hmm. and then I had some real sticks from the church. Then by the time I got three, I actually know how to play. Mm-hmm. So. They bought me a real drum set because I broke the mm-hmm. the fake one. And then from, like, I just posted a picture on Instagram. What's funny? Uh, I think it was like Throwback Thursday or Friday, uh-huh. Flashback Friday, of my first recording. And mm-hmm. my dad like was like hired all these musicians: Andrew Goucher, whoever, Warren Cam- Campbell, no, Ron Pearson, Warren Campbell, mm-hmm. of course, who does Mary Mary, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Gamble. So he had like all these dope musicians I looked up to, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you gonna play the drums." And I'm like, what? Like, That's so dope. I can't play with these people. Like, you know what I'm saying? But so you I'm did, up there, though. like, <laughs> trying to, like, you can't even see me over the symbols and stuff. But, you know, I think that ex- experience, as well as my dad in church, allowing me to, you know, play on the organ for the first time. Yes. And I didn't know how to play it. Like, oh, sister Fanny bought us an organ. Lamar, yes. come over here. Let's play. <laughs> da, 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 da. And it's like, I don't know. Right. You know, they I'm just, just threw you into it. Yeah. So I think that was like, a great start because, you know, church is, you know, a very supportive place. Yes. You know, and it, um, it's easy for you to develop, you know, things like, you know what I'm saying, skills and stuff like, mm-hmm. or actually kind of just hone in on things that you may already have. Yes. You know, so like, some, everybody can't sing, everybody can't play, you know, right. but, you know, there are some people that they feel like they probably can't sing. That did, you, sing did you sing in church? Than, I didn't sing like in the choir, okay. you know what I'm saying? But I sang like, like as a little boy, and when mm. we did like you know little plays, and right. kid plays and stuff like that. But I definitely used to always sing for sure. The choir used to be my favorite part of church. Mm-hmm. Like when that musical, the sermonic selection, and they used to get up there with them robes <laughs> A&B on. A and B selection. Listen, trust me, I know. Listen, that was my favorite part of church. <laughs> I th- I would say that's my earliest musical influence. Mm-hmm. How I fell in love with music was definitely the church. Um, mm-hmm. How many instruments you play? Uh, about like four or five. And you learned them all at church? Pretty much, yeah. Actually, cool. yes. Yep. I learned all of them in church. Okay. Well, I learned piano at, at at my dad's apartment initially. But now, did you think when you first got into music, did you think that you were going to be a musician? Like, did you think this was what you were yeah, going to do with sure. your life for, for sure. sure? Yeah. Did you think he was going to be a gospel pre- producer? Like, did you nah. think he was going to make gospel music? No, I just I just happened no. to do it. You just happened to do it. Yeah. So how did you find the world of production? Because playing instruments is very different than being able to make a song. Right. So how did sure. you fall into being able to make songs? Um, I think that was, like, I was always a musician. So mm-hmm. that was, like, I guess, you know, my anointing. And my, I, I say my superpower sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um. Superpower, that's dope. Yeah, but like, because everybody can't do it, or mm-hmm. and everybody can't do it like me. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> so like the thing is, I think you know, as you develop one thing and you you know get cool with doing it, mm-hmm. it's like it's so many things. It's like a hairstylist, like you mm-hmm. know, you might be dope at just the hot comb and knowing how to you know do ponytails, but then mm-hmm. somebody come with a crazy braid style. You're mm-hmm. like, yo, I want to get into braiding. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's 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 a non, you know, it's parallel, right? You know, so it was no one particular person that taught you how to set you down and taught you how to like work, run a beat machine or like eventually, track yourself. Eventually, yes, but um, you already had a hunger for it. Yeah, that that happened because of 
me just listening to like really honestly it was Jay Dilla for sure. Mm. So like I would I would hear certain songs hip-hop. in high school. Yeah, like hip hop, soul, mm-hmm. you know, soulful music, which had gospel elements. Mm. You know, so um, you know, Tribe Called Quest, Find My Find mm-hmm. My Way was like the first song I heard where I was like, What the fuck is this? Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's yes. church chords, but then that bass is loud and then is moving like playing chord, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, and then the beat is dope. The lyrics, it's like a great song. It's a great production. Yes. So I'm like, what is like how yes. how did this happen? So back then, early, I didn't know I was educating myself. Like looking on the back of the records, me and my cousin Swift, shout out Swift D. Mm-hmm. We would always look on the records like, oh Jay Dilla did this, and then mm-hmm. everything I liked, oh, Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was like, yo, Jay Dilla did this. Q Tip, yeah. Jay Dilla did. I was like, yo, I'm about to so that tap into him. And then right. he was the one that was like very influential in like you know finding out what a producer is. Mm-hmm. Then I would go back and listen to my favorite songs. Oh, Thomas Whitfield, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of conjure, yeah. you know, the two. You know what I'm saying? Nice. So like, that's what led me to actually wanting to make people feel how I feel. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I definitely do. How yeah. do you feel like that that spiritual upbringing and growing up in the church affects you now? Like, what type of lessons do you carry? You know, from just having that type of church <clears throat> grounding. Like, how does that help you today when you deal with stuff? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like foundation is everything. So you know, you knowing that, especially in the music business, is so much you know like mm-hmm. because you know it's it's new artists every day mm-hmm. and it's new people that get new money every day so mm-hmm. they do new business every day so they do business different every day every so day. things are changing every single day so you can't get accustomed to mm-hmm. one way of doing things you mm-hmm. know what i mean unless you just set something up like this is the way i'm gonna do it and I'm mm-hmm. not conforming to anything else mm-hmm. but for the most part you have to deal with different you know relationships up and personality so um having a strong background and a foundation and being you know centered uh you know being prayed up understanding mm-hmm. that things are are going to always change mm-hmm. you know and understanding that things happen in god's timing is kind of like my peace you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying in addition to smoking weed you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying but right, just the black you know, <laughs> but you know just the, <laughs> just the foundation you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. That's very important, you know what I mean? It because um, if you don't make time for yourself, then... I could tell you the type of person that, like, <laughs> I could just tell you you're grounded just by the gems you drop every day. I look forward to your quotes, and I'm like, this is a person that likes to spread, like, a good word, like, positive energy. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, I like that, so... I mean, it's... To be honest, it's really for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying it's it's not for everybody. I'm just... It's like... I take lessons and I pass them on. So mm-hmm. if I'm going through something, I'm vulnerable enough to say, all right, like this is a situation, excuse me, this is mm-hmm. a situation that I'm dealing with. So maybe somebody else is dealing with it. You yeah, know? we all. So we all, I feel like we all go through the same things yeah. in different ways. And mm-hmm. we all, you know, you can't skip steps in life. So it, right. it helps to see somebody else going through. A lot of times when you minister to yourself, you automatically minister to other people. Exactly. Like you'd be so surprised at how many people are going through what you're going that's, through just in a true. different form or from a different perspective um going back to the music Mm -hmm. like did you notice like okay when i think about what i was influenced by as a kid i was listening to so much grown adult music Mm -hmm. like like barry white secret i think it was called secret garden karen white (laughs) 
um, Superwoman. That's crazy. You was listening to all of that. Yeah. I mean, well, your, it was probably like your parents. Yeah, or like yeah, yeah. But still, like that when when Superwoman would come on by Karen White, I'd be like, oh, this is my song. <laughs> or like, like all of this mature grown music. Yeah. We had Luther Vandross, Anita Baker, Sweet Love. Mm-hmm. Like all these mm-hmm. were the things that would have influenced me as a child. Do you think that is a lack of that type of soul music in today's industry? You know what I mean? Like, the, uh, the, or those type of influences are changing the way music is being made these days. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, to be honest, it's just because of technology. Mm-hmm. You know, like, technology has advanced. So, I mean, you have things that are not analog anymore, which is a totally different sound than digital. Mm-hmm. You know, being super clear and high def. You know, you had instruments that were heavier than you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like exactly. the wood and, the, you know, certain things that were a part of the machines made them mm-hmm. sound like they sound. So um, I think, you know, technology as well as musicality is is the difference. You know, it's not too many people that have bands or live music. You're talking about Barry White in the orchestra. You're talking about Anita yeah. Baker. That, you know, the drums and the reverbs and the live music was her sound, you know. Yes. That is not too much of that. Um, It's more, uh, you know, synthetic sounds and, you know. Is that that contributing to where we going with music or is it taken away from it? I wouldn't say it's, I I would say, I would say um, both for real. I mean, it contributes because the more we advance technology, you know, the better uh, the better we can become because mm-hmm. it's different ways of thinking of mm-hmm. things. So, you know, um, like I was using a freaking MPC and a, you know, rolling whatever JP something mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, but I would have to track all the sounds out and it would take like two, wow. three hours to just track out a song. Then so you if, gotta it was mix something, it. if it was something that the kids have nowadays that, you know, you wish you had back in the day, what mm-hmm. would it be? Like, if I had this one piece of equipment, would it change the game for me? Like, what you think? Back then? Yeah, back then. Man, if I had everything I have now. Like, <laughs> like all of it. Yeah, so just reason. I mean, well, just a computer. Just reason. Mm-hmm. The program reason, a controller, and a computer. That's all you need. Some speakers. So, so is it important for producers to play instruments? Because I know it's a lot of people that play instruments that can't make songs. And it's a lot of producers that make hits that don't play instruments. That's true. Do you think it's important for? I think it's important to always incorporate musicality. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I would suggest that if you if that's your passion, then for sure learn it. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're not great at it and it's not your passion, then mm-hmm. for sure find somebody that's great. Okay. And incorporate that into your production because you're still a producer, so you can enlist people to. Mm-hmm. be a part of your production. Okay. So I always stress like, you know, musicality because it's a lack of it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm a musician so I I for sure want to hear more music, but mm-hmm. it's it's just so many people gravitating to what they feel like is successful and um, you know, success is just, you know, you being paid to do what you love to do. That's your definition of success, like yeah. reaching a level where... Well, yeah, for sure. Like, once you made it, mm-hmm. you know, once you... I can just sit back in my mansion and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I'm watching Tom and Jerry or I'm scoring my cartoons and doing certain things like that. It's like, I don't need to do anything no more because I'm getting paid off of everything I'm doing. So That's a level, a level of success. There's a level of, like, that you reach as a producer where you feel like, I have made it. Or is there... You know what I'm saying? I mean, there are levels, for mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah, I mean... 
getting to a me, placement. you've made it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I've, that's what I'm saying, mm-hmm. levels. So, yeah, I've made certain levels for sure. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there it's are a lot way. of things that I need to accomplish um, mm-hmm. before I leave Earth, for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, you have level one of, man, I want to get in a big studio. Or mm-hmm. level two of, man, I want to get a placement. Or mm-hmm. level three of, I want to meet this artist. or. Mm-hmm. Level four, I want to put out my own music and have artists on it. And it's like, once I accomplished all those things, I was just like, okay, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And I kind of like tricked myself into doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to David Banner because that when I first was on tour uh, with David Banner, uh, Talib Kweli, and B.O.B., mm-hmm. I was playing for him. And this is a very short story, but mm-hmm. one night at the like end of the tour, he was like, yo, I got somebody... Y'all break it down. I got my my guy from the West Coast. He wanted to sing something for y'all, and I'm like thinking in my head, like, who is that? Like, and he like Mars singing something, oh, and I'm just like, no. you know, like at I was froze at yes. a show, a show. Like, with, where, where was it? A, was it like a house of blues? Was it an it was arena? A, was it was it? a big theater with uh-huh. a balcony. I seen people at the top. People, at the, it was like for so sure more than two thousand people. It was like Suicide Doors <laughs> or something, like some song like right. that he had. But I was just, Suicide Doors, like, you know, like yeah. playing, doing background, yes. regular stuff. And he was like, yo, solo, like sing something. Crazy. And everybody was looking and I just had to close my eyes and sing. And Crazy. after that day, I was like, you know what? Like, it shout out a- to you, David Banner, because like after that day, it's like, I can't go back from that. Now, all you. these people that heard me, like, I need to just put some music yo, out or do something. So that's I kind of like, you know. Shout out to him for making that happen. But after that, I kind of like tricked myself and like start hitting up everybody like, yo, I'm working on this mixtape. Yes. Like, what's up? And then, you know, I'm hitting up Tweet. I'm hitting up Music Soul Child, Snoop, all these people back in the day. And, and what was like, the response? They were just like, yeah, for sure. Send me the music. And I'm like, I don't have You're no like, music. I gotta do like, it now. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got to do it. So I love it. Yeah, that's how like I first started doing, you know, mixtapes and like starting get start started my own music yes. so shout out to david banner shout out to david banner throwing you in there just yeah, like pops the used to do exactly you that's know? what you gotta do yeah you ain't gonna learn unless you i was terrified the first time i sang i'm talking about shaking crying anxiety on max Where was but you the, at church i was in school uh-huh. and i used to sneak and sing in my house in my closet so nobody could hear me <laughs> and one day my brother came in the crib and he, my god brother he came in the house like I know that wasn't you. It was like the sister act two days. I know that wasn't you. And I was yeah. like, it was. He was like, do it again. So I was like, I can't. I'm scared. So I was like, I'm going to face the wall. So I faced the wall and started singing. And he was like, I'm telling. We went to the same school. He was like, I'm telling. <laughs> so I choir direct at the time, Mr. Jones made me sing in front of the school. And I'm telling you, I was ter- I was terrified. Like, I did not want to do it. The whole school? I was shaking the whole school, dog. I was shaking. Was it fire? Did you do something tight? And it was fire. And when I heard the applause and and the reaction, and I was like, wow, like, changed me forever. I couldn't go back. I couldn't go back to not doing it. Then Mm -hmm. it was like I was hooked on it. So I know that feeling. That's dope. So look at you now. Mixtapes later. Yeah, for sure. Mixtapes, a couple projects. Um, Let's go back to the music making for a second. Mm -hmm. The early days. Church influence, but then also hip-hop influence. For sure. Yeah. How did your your family take to that? Were you being a church musician? So, yeah. So basically, my dad wasn't having it. He like, wasn't having it. Uh-uh. Like, oh he, man! Like, uh, he would only let me listen to music he listened to. Oh, okay. Or if I like if I like something, or if it was something that was out, as long as it was like no cussing, or I had to go to Walmart and go buy like the 
mm-hmm. you know, no custom the, versions the, the, and stuff. Uh, the but clean I, version. Yeah, but I still couldn't like. It's like I don't want to get a no uh, a clean version of something I can't hear. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like so, I'm like, all right, for, I'm gonna just that's out. So my dad would just never let me listen to, um, you know, like profanity and bad music. I mm-hmm. I understand, you know, now because mm-hmm. it's like. Some of the songs that I'm I'm hearing now, I'm like, what the like they were saying that like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was just peaches and cr- like certain right. some of these songs. I was like, bro, I was 13. Like I know we was listening to some like, wild this stuff. This is crazy. So I understand, but um, yeah, like to answer your question, he he didn't let me listen to a lot of music, and my my mom was the first person on Christmas she bought me a Glenn Lewis CD. Okay, Angie Stone. She bought me like the you know what I'm saying? Like soul, the soul stuff. So, right. But she Wasn't knew I was the into... All secular, Exactly. Secular. But she knew I was into soul music, too. Mm-hmm. So, and Jay Dilla happened to produce on a lot of these records. So, okay. I was like, yo, like, this is crazy. Uh-huh. So, I just tapped into something totally different. So, you know. So, what was the point where he was just like, all right, he gonna do this? It was when he started realizing, like, you know, I would I would go to the church after school and uh, I would always ask them to go to the church. And my mm-hmm. dad would be like, why is he always in the... Of course, it's practicing, but mm-hmm. I, I figured out how to make beats on this little keyboard that mm-hmm. they had. So I would make beats and run all the way to the back, to the tape ministry, and steal the little yes, tapes. The tape. <laughs> steal, the, <laughs> steal the Antelope Valley Christian Outreach tape, put the uh-huh. blank in there, and run, press record, run all the way to the keyboard, and press play. So yes. that was like my first like beat tapes and how I was like mixing and figuring out how to you know, make beats. So that was like, you know. It's hard to ignore that kind of passion in your child. For sure, Once exactly. you see they got that fire So it's like when I'm bringing th- those tapes home or my mom, one time she was playing the tape. She was like, what is that? I was like, oh, it's some beats I made at the church. And mm-hmm. I was like 14. Mm-hmm. And she she plays it. And she's like, Mars, I like this. And she like, I'm hearing her go to church and mm-hmm. go different places, like playing this song. Like, oh, I like this song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy. It's no words, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So my dad started tapping in. He's like, okay, he really, like, he got something. Like, he's onto it. So he started letting me be a part of what he's doing. He took me to the studio to record yes. and do a remix on his project, even though I didn't know what I was doing. I was, like I said, I was 14. But mm-hmm. uh, those experiences were, you know, what made me who I am now and gave me so much confidence and leverage, you know what I mean? To where I I knew what I wanted to do. It was never like a plan B or, you know, maybe never never, a plan B. Never, ever. I love that. For sure. I love that. If you, if you know what you've owned it from the beginning, Yeah, you got to be assertive and walk in your purpose. So, yes. So speaking of purpose, let's talk 1500 or nothing. Okay. How did this, notorious, I mean, y'all, y'all came in the game and y'all have like, the umbrella of artists that you guys have worked with is just phenomenal. Like, y'all are notoriously successful. So many people look up to you guys. And y'all Thank making you. hits. Like, it's it's undeniable. It's hard to look at what you guys do and deny it. Period. How did y'all... How did this start? Um, church. Church? Again. The yep. same church? They went to your dad's church? Nah. Um, well, a few people... Like, Jonathan... Um, which was uh, he's a member of fifteen hundred nothing, one mm-hmm. of the first keyboard players. He um actually linked up with me through my homeboy Nelson. Mm-hmm. My homeboy Nelson, like people knew my dad, just like I said, he would preach, and people knew him from back in the day from just being musical and having relationships. So, mm-hmm. um, it was just you know basically Nelson linking us on the phone, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We would talk on the phone, playing chords and stuff. Then Rance, uh, I met Rance, and then Rance would come to Lancaster and pick me up from my parents' house. Mm-hmm. We would go down and, you know, go to studios, stuff like that. So um, eventually, after I moved out, I moved to North Hollywood, and I had a studio on Lancashire, and mm-hmm. we were all playing at first at me. So that was kind of like us as a band playing together and just didn't know that, you know, we were 1500. So y'all came together as a band first. Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's I mean, that's how we got the name. So like very short. Uh-huh. Um so playing at first AME, we're the band. Bobby Valentino's manager comes in. He's like, "Yo, y'all sound dope. Like do y'all do anything outside of this? We want to mm-hmm. get y'all for Bobby Valentino. We do the showcase." Mhm. Yo, we love y'all. How much? Blah 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 blah. Yo, fifteen hundred. All right, so do we make a check? Hey, fifteen hundred. All right, mm-hmm. so what's the name of y'all? Hey, listen, fifteen hundred or nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it stuck. And that's how it was. And he was like, "Oh, fifteen hundred or nothing. I like that name. Like that's that's tight." Yeah. He was just like, "All right, we're gonna keep it that." So, so that's how fifteen hundred or nothing. So was, was it Lawrence, Brody, James, and yourself? All were all of you guys involved in fifteen hundred or nothing from the beginning? So. Um, as a band, it was um, myself, Bam, okay, uh, Rance, Jonathan, and then we had singers. We had Jay Black, mm-hmm. singers and writers, uh, Brittany Burrell, mm. uh, Alex, you know, and then, and James. Okay. So you know, uh, it was a lot of other people like you know that later caught on like the Ivies and different people like that but um, that was kind of like the core that mm-hmm. we started with it's videos is like on YouTube mm-hmm. like with Bobby Valentino's first mm. performance and stuff like that you could literally see mm-hmm. but um, that was how it started and then we uh, me and Rance started producing under the name 1500 or nothing mm. so I would go everywhere and say yo this 1500 or nothing Rance would go everywhere and say 1500 or nothing and we kind of like dominated the world by like just saying fifteen hundred or nothing for the last however many years. How does iron sharpen iron within that conglomerate of artists? Um well I mean it's easy when you don't have egos and when you have an understanding. Yes. You know, uh things can be very complex and very complicated when there's no communication. Yes. And when, you know, it's just shit going on. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's, it's like you first start off, you start off like, okay, I want to accomplish these goals, and mm-hmm. then you accomplish them, and then you may get a little comfortable, and then you're like, okay, cool, well, I'm cool with this. But you know, for me, myself personally, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to like progress, and I feel like individually, we're always progressing to do something. Mm-hmm. So you know, our progression always like, you know, uh, challenges each other. Yeah, you know, to progress. So I think that's a a good problem to have, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, what? Um, I mean, I would. I don't want to waste time and talk about what your first hit was and all that because y'all got so many hits. We could be talking for days and nah, days and days nah, about y'all sure. hits. I mean, but I, I, I wouldn't say that, but I would just say geez. real quick. The, the <laughs> first, humble. the first staple thing was uh, <laughs> "Show Me What You Got" because okay, that was the first song that like you know we had with Jay Z. Okay, eventually went on tour, of course, blah blah blah. But that was the first song that like a band. You know, uh-huh. played from L.A., of course, played on a record with Jay-Z, and you'll hear it in the club. Like, that was the first time I went to a club and mm-hmm. heard a drum solo in a club. So that was y'all. Yeah. That's Show me cool. Me, now, I'm just, I'm putting two and two together from my memories of where I was at that time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. 
Yeah. I remember that feel. And that's I remember when, my when dad he was took like, on that, that live band yep, feel. because it was a Budweiser commercial and all kind of stuff. What's my the bigger like, rush? Yeah. What's the bigger rush? Being on stage, touring, or hearing a hit, it's go, you know, playing it's, all it's day different. on the radio? It's different. You can't compare the two? It's two different feels. Um, it's two different feels. You be, I, in your, you be in your bag on that stage, yeah, though. Yeah, uh, on stage, it's a different thing because... I'm so vulnerable and I just let mm. everything go and I have so much shit mm-hmm. that I deal with like with the music industry and just shit so I, that's where I'm like I just release everything like I don't mm-hmm. care you know mm. um, of course within the the things that I'm supposed to do you mm-hmm. know like I'm not just going crazy but like you know I'm definitely into the music I like, and I only work with people that I like working with you mm. know so mm-hmm. I'm on stage with Snoop you're gonna feel the songs Mm-hmm. Better the songs that you grew up high school listening to. Mm-hmm. Now you're on stage with this nigga and you mm. got EPs and just your homeboy. He calling you, FaceTiming you to do something. You know what I mean? It's a different feeling. So, of course, I'm going to be breaking my knees on stage with mm-hmm. Snoop or a T.I. or Jay-Z or Faith Evans or Usher or any of mm-hmm. those people I grew up listening to. Yes, that's yeah. awesome. Maya, you know, people that's I got awesome. relationships with. Yeah. Man, just that's a lot to take in. Like when you think about that, you grew up listening to these people, and now you see yourself mm-hmm. on stage with them. Yeah, Congratulations! For sure. No, God is good, man. Yeah. And, and you know, um, death and life is in the power of the tongue. So you know, you just got to speak what you want. Yes. And, you know. Let's talk. Let's talk Nipsey. Okay. Let's talk Nipsey. Um, Victory Lap in particular. I, I have to admit that um, I'm one of those people who knew who Nipsey Hussle was. Mm-hmm. I would see his impact um, via social media. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, this guy is dope. He's on a Dr. Sebi, um, you know, documentary. And he's moving the way he speaks. I'm like, this guy is dope. But, I, but being from the East Coast, I hadn't really been influenced that much by his music. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's, now I'm not going to say he was regional, but he was independent. And right. he was making it happen on his own, you know. So I wasn't as privy right. being on the East Coast. But through his passing, rest in peace to the great Nip, mm-hmm. um, I learned a lot about him. He yeah, seemed like sure. a phenomenal person. Um, what was it like on the personal side having a, you know, uh, interaction, working relationship with him? Man, it was just, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, back then when we were making music, Nip was like a reference for mm. a lot of the music we was making, you know. Mm. Like so, for instance, if we're making a beat, it's like yo, Nip would sound tight on this, like mm. you know. And then it gives you the energy to keep, you know, like or do certain things that mm-hmm. you wouldn't do if you was giving this beat to another artist, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I think like that that as well as the the most important thing was like him being so, so strategic. You know, he was very, like, strategic. When you walk in, he's reading. He got mm-hmm. stuff written down. Mm-hmm. He was so, like, OCD. He would be cleaning the studio, mm-hmm. lighting candles before we smoke. And, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was just super, like, structured. You know? What, do you have any, like, affirmations or things that you took from his daily habits that help you today that you might be able to share with us? Like For sure. Um, uh, purpose purpose yeah mm. like knowing what your purpose is and you know and like acting and not acting but walking in it mm-hmm. uh i was gonna say acting on that but yeah, just actions. walking in it yeah you know because you know there are things now that he's gone and you you can see the impact and you see 
things that are still flourishing mm-hmm. and things that will continue to flourish oh, and continue to happen. But if we didn't know what the blueprint was, if mm-hmm. he didn't leave certain things, if he wasn't operating in his purpose, then yes. it would just be another person that, you know, we tragically lost, you know, but Man. because we know what his vision is, we can carry it out. So his independence was so impactful. Like he had his own clothing store, mm-hmm. not just the store, but which was had carried his own clothing line. Mm-hmm. Bought the block he hustled mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. Uh, had his own dispensary with his own strain, had a STEM cell for school, I mean, STEM program for schools, yep. was invested in some Vegan, Vegas projects. You know, it's like he was the ultimate. To me, he is a legendary hustler. Definitely legendary. Legendary. For sure. Like, he, he is not playing about his example, the example that he set. And that's why I think that album hit hit home to me i'm telling you like mm-hmm. you can't be a true hustler and listen to that and not admit that nip was on it uh when y'all were making victory lap did you did you know that it was going to have this type of impact no because just the music aside well, from the life situations no like, we didn't know we didn't know it was going to have that impact um but we did we did do everything we could to make it as best as it could as we could so um you got to remember, we've been working on Victory Lap for over seven years or something mm. like that. So since he put out Crenshaw, mm-hmm. or maybe even before that, that was like the introduction of, you know, actually making mm-hmm. his album. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, long story short, basically, it got to a point where we we got in the energy and the vibe and everything was cool. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, we had a studio together, so I was see him every day, like mm-hmm. for the last four or five years until, you know... He, uh, he passed, when, mm-hmm. and he was actually working on his his own studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he set a certain tone to where we would do songs and then redo the songs. Like mm-hmm. we would, like we were competing against ourselves, mm-hmm. so we would take the beats and you know be like, "Yo, this beat is dope." But now that the song is done, like mm-hmm. let's let's do another beat to it and see which mm-hmm. one is better. So we we were literally like battling ourselves as if we were other. Comp- producers to give mm. the consumer the best product yes you know so when you were playing those chords when you were choosing those instruments and putting those tracks together what was the feeling that you wanted people to get when you were making the music like and different songs were different things like okay. uh, question number one was definitely something my homeboy mike shout out mike and keys mm-hmm. he was like yo Mars, come on, it's gonna work. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's just do some West Coast shit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, we, I've been wanting to do. It. Let's mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. So we go downstairs, and it was like, all right, I want to really implement the DPG, like gangster sound that I grew up with, like that that um, Daz and Superfly sound, you mm-hmm. know. So that's like what we that's what we did, mm-hmm. and ended up sending it to Snoop. And Snoop mm. FaceTimed me immediately, like, mm-hmm. hey, cuz, like, this shit is hard, nigga. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, having, you know, being influenced by somebody and then regurgitating and mm-hmm. re-implementing that, your version of that and then presenting it back to the same people, you know, it's kind of weird, but it's dope, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, those are, it, it was a lot of different emotion, but I'm glad that it made the impact that it did. It did, um, huge impact. Like, yeah. I happen to... Live on the west side of LA, mm-hmm. a, little, a little north of I guess South Central, but like just a sneeze mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. And everywhere you go, <laughs> everywhere you go, it's just murals of nips. Like mm-hmm. he was like the king. It's like if you For weren't sure. from there, you came there, you would think that he was 
the king of where we are. Definitely. How does it feel knowing that you are? Because I've heard him pledge his allegiance to fifteen hundred nothing. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is the nucleus of my sound, and Mm -hmm. I've always stuck with fifteen hundred or nothing, which Mm -hmm. I think is important for artists to do. I think it's a lack of that, but it's important to find your producer and stick with it and stay loyal because then you create a thing. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. how does it feel to know that you helped create this larger than life? Um, you two guys came together and created this larger than life energy that has now affected and impacted so many people. It's like you're a part of a leg- legacy Man, at this it's, point. I, it's like overwhelming. Um, of course, it feels, you know, aw- awesome. But, you know, uh, to not be able to experience, you know, some of this stuff is just kind of like, you know, it's crazy. and. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'll be still having moments, you know. Mm. So I just, you know, try to keep the same energy with the people that I'm, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. established. So like Mike and Keys for sure, mm-hmm. you know, um, were very influential. And those nice. are the people I still have the studios at the same place where Nip was mm-hmm. with. So we still like every day when I leave here, I'm going over there. You know what I'm nice. saying? So I can still have that energy yes. and keep, you know keep building and keep progressing you know what yes. I mean? so. what if you could give any habits to anybody like if you could lend any of your habits if you could say all right y'all look these are three things that i do or these are a couple things that i do that keep me on top of my game can you share some of that with the people looking up for you to you okay uh three things uh educate pray and walk in your purpose nice Oh man, I'm so so mad. We on time. No, we on time good. today. Um, what what else? Because yeah, there's a fifteen hundred or nothing music school now mm-hmm. that is after church LA, which I thoroughly enjoy. After it's church LA time. is fire. Make sure you come out. It's every Sunday. Um, follow the page. Anything after, else you have? After church LA. Um, follow me, my guy Mars. Yeah, follow my guy Mars, stuff. and we'll be looking forward to everything that you have coming. Thank you so much for oh, coming in and talking to us and having this conversation. I wish we had more time, but until next time, Love. thank you very much. Thank you, my girl. And I thank appreciate you guys you. for tuning in. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.